Well, this week we're going to learn. I want to start today with a very, very important teaching. And a scripture that we've many read many times, and I don't think we understood fully what was happening in that scripture. And what we want to talk about tonight is calling upon the covenant-making and covenant-keeping God. I'm going to give you time to spend time in prayer. There are times in our journey where things seem to fall out of place. And by the way, Bazaran, I want to welcome people in the foyer. Give yourselves a hand out in the foyer there. Thank you. Thank you. And then we also want to welcome people who are in the youth hall. Let them give themselves a hand. I don't know if you can hear them. Okay, give a hand on their behalf. They are in the youth hall. I can see they're watching. They're coming in. All right. So, I was saying, one of the important things we must learn is that God is a covenant-keeping God. Now, there are times in our walk with God where things fall out of place. Crisis hits. And when crisis comes, it can easily shake our faith in terms of what God has promised. It may seem like what God has said will not happen. Now, the scripture we're about to read is an important one because even Abraham, our father of faith, went through a process in his life where at a point he wasn't really sure if what God has said will happen. When you read the Bible carefully, you know that Abraham finally became a man of faith. What we read in Romans chapter 4, that he was fully persuaded that what God has said he was able to do, that is not really where he started. And if you really want your faith in God to be unshakable, you've got to understand something about the character of God, particularly in terms of him being a covenant-making and a covenant-keeping God. Because all that the Bible is, is a covenant God has with mankind. All that prayer is, is on us calling upon the covenant rights. Going to God on the basis of the covenant. Not on the basis of who we are. Not even on the basis of our goodness. But on the basis of what the covenant is. So I want to encourage you tonight as we will be praying tonight. For you to be thinking about those areas where maybe your faith has been shaken. You've been rattled a little bit. It looked like things were going on well. But all of a sudden, it's like the bottom has just dropped out. Tonight, I'd love for you to reconnect in those areas and once more affirm the fact that he's a covenant-making and a covenant-keeping God. And we can call upon his name again. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? The scripture I want to read is Genesis 21. One verse tonight. Maybe we'll quote others, but that's the only one I want to talk about tonight. 
Genesis chapter 21, verse 33. It says, then Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba and there called on the name of the Lord, then it says the everlasting God. Now, I don't want to spend too much time on Beersheba. I might talk about it, but that's not where I want to focus tonight. But I want to focus on three important things. The Tamaris tree, calling on the name of the Lord, and the everlasting God. The Amplified Bible reads, Abram planted a Tamaris tree in Beersheba and called there on the name of the Lord, the eternal God. The New King James says the everlasting God. The Amplified says the eternal God. Now, if you know anything about the law of first mention in the Bible, this is where this law applies. And this is how the law of first mention works. When something is mentioned for the first time in the Bible, it's important for you to take note. Because that sets a precedence on a principle or a doctrine or it sets a pattern that is to follow. Now, let me fast track. Abraham, or Abraham as he's called, is at a very specific stage at his life. As we read Genesis 31, this is 21 rather, this is almost 25 years since God had met Abram and spoken to him and given him a promise about having a child. It's 25 years long. And in these 25 years, a lot of things have happened. Okay. Abram encountered God and called God all kinds of names but never used this name, everlasting God. It's the first time, in fact, even in scripture that the name everlasting God is used. Now let's go further. Abraham had just come through 25 years where much as he had walked with God, he had struggled to believe God. Not only had he struggled to believe God, he had committed a lot of mistakes in his life. First of all, he had had a child with Hagar. After God told him, I'm going to give you a child with your own wife, a son from your own loins, when that didn't work, Abram tried it for himself. So he gets a child out of wedlock, it's not God's will. It's not what God wants, all right? Not only that, in these 25 years, on two different occasions, Abram went into other lands with his wife. And before he came into that country, he spoke with his wife and said, Bon, Annette, you are a beautiful woman. If the king's in these lands, find out that you are my wife. Because of the way you are beautiful. 
They're going to kill me and take you for their heroin. So, let's agree. I will say that you are my sister. So, Abraham is not necessarily trying to protect his wife. It's not about her. It's about him. That should be very comforting, ladies. (laughs) So, here he is. He's lied about his wife. But then, almost 20-something years later, in spite of everything he has done, Isaac gets born. When that happens, Abraham is so stunned by this that he goes to Beersheba and he, 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 he plants a tree there and he, he makes a memorial there and calls upon the name of the Lord. And when he calls upon the name of the Lord, he doesn't call him El Shaddai. He doesn't call him any other name, but he calls him. He calls him. Calls on the name. Everlasting God. Now, the name Everlasting God is a very powerful name because it really describes God, but describes God in connection and in terms with him being a covenant-making, a covenant-keeping God. When it says everlasting God, it should actually read Olam Olam. And the name Olam, they try to How do we say it? They try to interpret it and translate it into their name everlasting. What it means is this. The name Olam means, this is important, it has to do with a God. They try to say everlasting God to try and give us the idea that this God is so big, time can't be able to accommodate him. But really, if if you really want to explain the name Olam, it's 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 a paragraph. Let's try to explain it. Say, for instance, you were able to go back to the beginning of everything. Let's assume you are able to go back to eternity past. And you go as far back as eternity past and you get to where eternity past began. We know that that's not so, but let's assume. And when you get to where eternity past began, Right where you stand, on the other side of that, there will be God. In other words, this God is not confined to time. He's outside of time. He He began the eternity past. And let's say you are able to go into the eternity future, if there's a term like that. You're able to go into eternity future as far as you want to go and you go to the end of the eternity future, when you come to the end of eternity future, God will be on the other side of eternity future. Now watch this now. God is a God who created time but does not live in time. So when he, when he talks to you about his promise, 
knows the beginning and the end of everything. In fact, at the beginning of what he says, he already knows how everything is going to end up. Watch. When God spoke to Abram about a child, he knew that the guy was going to fail. You don't like my preaching, do you? God knew. But God chose him anyhow. Knowing fully well that the brother is going to get a child out of wedlock. The brother is going to lie. But God still gave the brother a promise. And God still kept his promise. And so when Abram received Isaac, he's so overwhelmed by this. He said, you know what, God? You are a timeless God. You are Olam Olam. You knew me even before I began. You knew that I would have unbelief in spite of my unbelief, in spite of my lies, in spite of my failures. You still came through. You still kept your covenant. You are Olam Olam. You are a God who has created time. You don't live in time. You are a God outside of time. You were there before the beginning was the beginning. And because you and you are there when the end is the end. And because of that, I can entrust my life into your hands. Because I know that your covenant will never fail and it will never break. And watch what he does. He not only calls on the name of the Lord, he plants a tamarisk tree. Let me talk to you about that for a while. A tamarisk tree is a very interesting tree because there are several times that we read about in the Bible where a tamarisk tree was planted. Let me go to that part quickly. It's here in Genesis 21:33, four times rather, and the others you will read them. I'm not going to read them. It's in 1 Samuel 22, 6, 1 Samuel 31:13, and Jeremiah 4:6, where he sat under a juniper tree. Watch this. So he plants a tamarisk tree. Let's talk about this tamarisk tree for a while. A tamarisk tree in these days was used at times as a medicine. And a medicine that would help solve liver problems, hepatitis, fever, and kidney disorders. But a tamarisk tree as well is a very interesting tree because we are told that it was an evergreen tree. It's important. Botanists are unanimous about this, that this tree was that way. It had tiny leaves, and it would grow. It had a lot of moisture on it. At night, it would have moisture. It would be able to cool people. It had some vapor on it. But here's what's interesting. A tamarisk tree as well was known to be a very slow-growing tree. In fact, when people made covenants, 
in many times in olden days, they would plant this tree. This tamarisk tree would really sink its roots deep into the ground and be able to draw water. It was called the evergreen tree. This is what they say. Anybody who planted the tamarisk tree knew very well that because it's slow growing, they would never leave they would never live to be able to get the benefits of it. So when you planted the tamarisk tree, you were saying, watch this now, my children who follow will sit under the shadow of the covenant that I'm making. So you planted a tamarisk tree. And so Abraham planted this tamarisk tree to indicate that I have come to that place in my life where I'm understanding you, God. Just like the tree is evergreen, you will always be evergreen and come through for me. But I, I'm also realizing not only are you committed to me, you are committed to the unborn generations that are inside of me. So you plant this tamarisk tree. So the tamarisk tree speaks of commitment. Where a God that we are serving, the God that we are serving is committed to us. But in turn, it tells us to learn how to commit what we do to God. Psalms 37 verse 5 says, commit your ways to the Lord, trust in him and he will do this. He says he will make your righteousness shine like the dawn and, and, cause, and, and the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Proverbs 66, 16 rather verse 3 says, commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. In other words, Abraham is talking to us about the fact that this God who is committed to the covenant we can in the same way learn to commit all our lives to him without being afraid at all. Why? Because even if God knows that I'm going to go through times of crisis, when crisis hits me, God is not surprised. God doesn't hold his head and say, what am I going to do now? Do you realize, Barcelona, that when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, God didn't hold his head and say, what am I going to do? Why? Because the Bible says Jesus was the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world. Ah, you didn't hear what I said. Before the world was made, God had already planned that Jesus would be the lamb that would be slain. Which means this, Pastor before your problem was your problem. <laughs> Before the problem was a problem and your problem was a problem, God had already provided a solution for you. He is all I'm all I'm. 
He's a God outside of time. A God who knows my beginning and my end. That's why we call him the beginning and the end. That's why we call him the Alpha and the Omega. That's why we call him the Ancient of Days. That's why we call him the God who is, who was, and, and who is to come. That's why we call him the one who begins and ends our life. He's everything. And when we learn to commit to him, then he will make everything come out well. Let me conclude because I want us to, to conclude very quickly. So our struggle oftentimes is that when we look at things falling apart in our lives, we think God has forgotten about his promise. And we wonder why when we pray and we are panicking, God doesn't panic when he answers us. In fact, sometimes he doesn't even say anything. Because God already knows how it's going to turn out. God's word will never fall to the ground. Can I hear an amen in the house? Can I hear an amen in the house? The Bible tells us that the eyes of the Lord are going throughout the earth and he is there to show himself strong on behalf of the righteous. What am I saying? I'm saying God has got this. God has got you in the palm of his hand. So what God wants you to do because he's a covenant making and a covenant keeping God, just remember to go back to his covenant because God is not a man to lie. He's not the son of man to change his mind. If he has said it, he will do it. And so tonight I want us to call upon the name of the everlasting God. Olam, olam. This is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do. Go to those areas in your life where they seem to be stuck. They're not moving anywhere. And go back to his word and remind God of what he said in his word. Number two, go into those areas where it looks like the bottom has just fallen out. God says, put me in remembrance. Not, not, not because he forgets, but he wants you to affirm his covenant. Put me in remembrance of my word. Number three, go into those areas where you are trying to venture into this year. Those uncharted territories in your life that you are trying to venture into. And number four, take the time just to pray in the Holy Ghost tonight. And let the Holy Spirit in your spirit raise up things that you can bring in the presence of the Lord. I want us tonight just to call on the name of God. You know why? Because, remember this, Bazalana. God is not surprised about what's going on in your life. God is not taken aback by what's happening in your life. And sometimes we think, maybe because I failed. Maybe because I've done wrong. That's why things are like that. And God says to Abraham, I am forward. You don't worry. It's not about you. It's about my covenant with you. Yeah, it's, it's just to stop looking at you. I told you I'm going to do this. Didn't I tell you I'm going to do this? I'm going to do this. But it's good that Abraham in the process learned to trust God. And as Romans 4 says, he got to that place where he was no longer weak in faith, but he was trusting God. And so all over this place, if you want to remain seated, if you want to stand, if you want to walk around, let's do that. We're going to pray tonight. Remember, as I said, number one, look at those areas in your life, first of all, where nothing is moving. So it's like things are not going anywhere. Bring them before God. Number two, look at those areas in your life where it just all from nowhere, the bottom fell, down, fell out. Just looks like crisis struck you from nowhere. 
Number three, there's areas, new areas that you want to venture into this year. You want to step into new areas. Bring them before the Lord. And number four, begin to pray in the Holy Ghost and bring the needs before the Lord. Let us pray in this house. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Shall we stand together and make some declarations? Shall we stand together and make some declarations? Join hands with somebody next to you right now. We want to make some declarations today. Hallelujah. Follow me in this prayer. Heavenly Father. Say it again. Heavenly Father. You are the everlasting God. You are Olam Olam. The God who was. Who is. Who is to come. You are the Alpha. You are the Omega. Before there was a beginning. You are. Even when the end comes. You will be. You are God. Who cannot be measured. In terms of time. You are outside of time. You knew about my life. About my journey. You knew about everything in my life. You loved me, saved me, made me your child, filled me with the power of your spirit, gave me your word, your promises. And so tonight, I want to affirm, I believe your word. I believe you, God. Olam, olam. I believe you. I believe your word. That it will happen to me. According to your word. According to your covenant. I depend on your covenant. I rely on your covenant. In the name of Jesus. I walk by faith. And not by sight. I will not be moved. In the name of Jesus. I will not be moved. Even though Satan attacks. Even though situations come. Even if winds can blow. Rains can descend. Storms can come. I will stand on your word. Olam, olam. I will stand on your promise. I will stand on your covenant. And now I declare. In the name of Jesus. I speak upon my life in accordance with your word. Be it unto me according to your word. In the name of Jesus, be it unto me according to your word. I will not doubt you. I will not be weak in faith. But I am strong in faith. I will not waver at your promise. But I will stand on your promise. Because you are a God who makes covenant. You are a God who keeps covenant. You are a faithful God. 
your word will never fall to the ground. Once again, I declare, I believe God that it will be to me according to your word. I believe God that it will happen in my life according to your word. I believe God that your covenant will never fall to the ground. And so I make a declaration today to you all I'm all I'm. You are the God of my life. You are the God in whom I trust. I trust in your word. I lay my life on your word. I depend on your word. I lay your word as a foundation. I stand on your word. I live by your word. I pray according to your word. I speak your word. I think your word. I meditate your word. And I act on your word. And your word will never fall to the ground. Because it's an everlasting covenant. And so I want to thank you. That those things that did not move in my life. From tonight. In the name of Jesus. They will move. Where I have been stuck. From tonight. From this moment. I am being unstuck. In the name of Jesus. Where the bottom has fallen out. And trouble crept up on me. I will not be moved. I will lay hold of your word. I will be steadfast. I will not cast away my confidence. I will stand on what your word says. And now Lord concerning my future. I thank you for the open door. I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for the miraculous things that you're doing. You my God. The everlasting God. Olam Olam. I worship you. I bless your name. Pray in the Holy Ghost right now as you worship him. Pray in the Holy Ghost right now as you worship him. Mahabeja sele mahamonde le befe ba. Mrangale boka, mrangale dekele sekele ba ba ba. Brele mehendo, ramangole me de sepela ba. E ngremeno rebekar be de frafen manamba la bakar de kalebe asata. Shamanama no, mankaledek leteskan manamokolete esete. Mongrambalia socorro de fefe. Inira mandombra socorro de fefe bababa. Mama mamangambra sakarabaria de brefete bro socorro de bebe. Oh, ye bebe se brefet baria da brobo de bre socorro de bebe. Oh, ye bebe se tere de de de. Oh, you're the best. Oh, you're Father, we thank you that you are Olam Olam. And we can depend on you. Thank you that this week we will walk in the fullness of the covenant. We will stand on that covenant 
Declare that covenant. Confess that covenant. Pray that covenant. Believe that covenant. And we know that you are not a man to lie. Oh God. You will never fail us. Your word will always come to pass. Even in the areas where we've been stuck, we are stuck no more. We are stuck no more. We are moving forward with 2020 vision in the name of Jesus. Oh God. And where it seems like the devil crept us on crept up on us, we will not be dismayed. Our hearts will not be moved. We will stand on the unshakable foundation of your covenant. What you said, no devil can change. What you begin, no devil will undo. What you commission, no devil will stop. Like our father Abraham, we will stand. Not being weak in faith. But fully persuaded. That what you said you will do. You will do. And we stand not only us. We've planted that tree fully knowing that this covenant is not just for us but it's for us and for our children and for our children's children and so we claim them for your kingdom in the name of Jesus and we give you praise in Jesus name and everybody shouted and said why don't you give the Lord a big, 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 big hand of praise? Shout, Zion! Shout with the voice of triumph! Shout because the Lord is Allah, Allah! Hallelujah! 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 Shout and let the vile walls of Jericho come down! Hallelujah! Hallelujah!